Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Good morning, LifeGate. How's everybody doing today? Oh man, I hope you guys are doing so good on this cold and wet and icy day. Thank you for being here today. I am so honored to be able to hold this mic this morning. Whenever Chad asked me if I wanted to speak the last um, service of the last year, um, I said, yeah, the last Sunday of the year. I was like, absolutely, I'd love to. Let me think of some good stories I can tell. Um, but you know what? Every time I always say that, I always think, I'm going to get some good stuff on him, and I'm going to just work it into my message, and I'm going to use it as a good illustration. Every time I say that, it just never happens. Never comes together. I can't ever get any juice. I mean, there's lots of juice out there, but I can't ever like get it worked in there. So I apologize. There may be some stuff in here, but not a whole lot of, you know, good juicy stuff on your pastor. But um, as I was preparing for the sermon for the last couple of weeks, and I was just praying and asking the Lord, God, what do I speak on? You know, what what is the word, the last word um, that you want LifeGate to hear? What, it, what could it be? I felt lots of different things that I felt like I have learned this year that I thought, oh, I could teach on that. That would be good. Oh, yeah, that, that would work too. That, that, could, that could be something. These were things that the Lord has dealt with me in, that I have fought over, that I have contemplated, that wrestled within myself this year and just felt like, okay, those are all good things. So, Lord, I could speak on fear, like I've dealt with some fear that I've overcome this year. Or, Lord, I could speak on marriage, and I could talk about how maybe we should plan a little better. I could really give some good advice as how to plan not to have teenagers and a two-year-old in the house at the same time. But we won't even go there because, whew, there's, we that would take all day. And you guys don't want to be here all day. Um, I could speak on, I could speak on leadership. I could speak on just things that the Lord was dealing with me this year. I could teach on boundaries. I read some books. Man, I read like three or four books this year on boundaries and just how I need to be better at, at say my best yes and um, making sure that I'm not striving perf- for perfection in my life and in my kids' life and in my, in my church. And man, there's just lots of good things that the Lord was like tweaking and in there. But then he was like, no, stop, slow down. I have something for you. Um, one other thing that I was able to do this year, which has been really exciting, I have, I have a day to catch up, but I read through the entire Bible this year. 2017, I haven't done that in a long time. And guys, I challenge you, if you have never done it or it's been a long time, take that step and say, all right, that's something I'm going to do for 2018. Read through the entire Bible for 2018. God will capture your heart. He will do massive things through you and to you through his word. If you just say, all right, I'm going to take that challenge. I'm going to step out and I'm going to do something that's really hard. It's not easy to read through the whole Bible, but I just challenge you to do it. So again, as, as I was, as I was praying and seeking, um, I finally just came to that place where I was like, you know what? It's the end of the year. It's the end of 2017 guys. 2017 flew by, right? Who else is like, where in the world did 2017 go? It's gone. We have one more day. This is our last day of 2017. We're going into a new year, new things. God is doing something new. Um, but you know what? I started thinking, what is it that 2017 had for us? Were there some things that 
that happened in 2017 and you're like, goodbye, good riddance. I'm ready for the next year. I'm ready for the new thing. I'm tired of what happened. The things that were, that were hard in 2017, goodbye, later, peace out, right? I'm ready. Some of you said, no, man, 2017 was awesome. There were some good moments. I could, I could spare to have a whole few more months of this year. That'd be great. Could catch up on some things. But we, we don't get any more days, do we? We got one more day of this year. So wherever you stand on loving or hating this year, ready for the next year, wherever you stand, my question is this, where are you at the end of this year, this last day of this year, where are you in your relationship with Jesus? Where did you start at the beginning of this year? Did you make a new year's resolution and say, you know what? I'm going to do some big things for the kingdom. I'm going to do some big things and I'm going to grow big time in my relationship with Jesus this year. You know what? My word for this year, man, it's going to really push me to get me to that next place in my relationship and in my goals. I'm going to do some good and some big things. It's the last day. Do you remember your word? (laughs) Right? Some of us start off really great with knowing our word and working in it and grooving with it. And then three months in and we don't remember even what our word was. So what was your word? Where are you in your relationship with Jesus Christ at the, on the last day of this year? And I ask all of these questions because no matter where you started, somewhere along the way, we stop, right? There's a stopping place for most of us. There just is. And we can't put our finger on it, what it was or where, where it happened. But we stopped going after God. We stopped serving God. We stopped loving God the way that we first loved him. And that could have been at the first of this year. could have been two years ago. could have been three months ago. It's different than it was in the beginning. And so <clears throat> how many of you like getting Christmas cards, right? We just got a bunch of wonderful Christmas cards for Christmas. I wish that I was organized enough to get Christmas cards out. <laughs> One day I will be. One day I will get those Christmas cards out again. I don't, you know, I'm not very, not organized enough. But... I love getting Christmas cards. I love seeing pictures. I love seeing, you know, the reason for the season. I love all of that. love hanging them up. I love getting mail. Emails, those special encouraging emails that can change the course of your day, week, or year. Right? We like getting that stuff. Well, in Revelation 2, the church received a letter from Jesus. So I'm going to read Revelation 2, 2 through 4. It says, I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this one complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you first did. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. I love the scripture because it's just a great reminder. How many of you, if you got a letter from Jesus, would be like, yeah, let's open it up. Let's read it. Right? And he, he says all these great things. This is what you're doing. And you're doing a great job in this and this. But I have one complaint against you. You have forgotten. You have left your first love. They received this from Jesus. We would be excited. Right? We'd be excited if we received that. Well, in fact, Jesus sent us some mail too. Because in scripture seven, it says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. If you have an ear and you can hear, 
and you want to hear, this scripture is for us as well. For us to examine, where have we gone this year? What have we done? What is the complaint? What would be the complaint that Jesus has against us? Would it be that we have forgotten our first love? Would it be that we're not in the same place that we started when we first fell in love with Jesus? Scripture was written, this scripture was written in the current day where, man, it was hard to be a Christian, right? They were being, they were being sought after. They were wanting to be killed. People were wanting to kill them. Jews were going after them consistently um, because they were spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were constantly fighting for their lives. Guys, I really apologize for my voice right now. I don't know what happened. I had it this morning, I promise. <clears throat> okay, so... They were fighting for their lives. They were doing everything that they were supposed to be doing as well. So they were taking care of the poor. They were hospitable to strangers. Um, they took care and maintained church discipline. They were doing everything right, but they had forsaken their first love. God was no longer, Jesus was no longer their love. They were doing everything that they were supposed to do as Christians but not loving Christ the way that they should have. So what about you? How have you forgotten your first love? What's different? What was your love this year? What was your word? Thank you, Colton. Your word this year? How did you, how did you change? How did you let go? What would be his complaint about you? I love the fact that the last day of the year is on a Sunday and that we get one more chance to say, you know what? It's not time to stop. It's time to pursue. It's time to push forward. It's time to continue forward. Like never before. My word for the year, it's my, the word, the, the year's not over. Let's pursue. Let's go forward. Let's press on. The enemy of our souls would want us to think, ah, it's just one more day. Satan would want you to think, nah, you can't do much in a day. You can't change very much in a day. That's what he wants you to think. Ah, just rest. One more day, you can start tomorrow. But then what he's going to tell you, ah, just wait a little longer. Nah, it's all right. Just wait longer. No, just, it's okay. Just wait. He doesn't want you to pursue or start or go after what God has for you. What he planted in your heart a year ago, what he planted in your heart two years ago, whatever it is that you have let up on, whatever you have diminished your work in, he would want you to say, he would want you to think you're incapable of it. But you know what? <clears throat> I believe that today is the day to make a change. I believe that today is the day to do something different. Now, how do we return? How do we go back to our first love? Well, all we need to do, number one, is we need to just come to our senses. We need to remember where we were and recognize where we are now. Come to your senses. Where are your surroundings? What do they look like? Are they different? Are the people you're hanging out with different? Recognize, remember. In Luke 15, 17 through 18, this is what it says. It's about the prodigal son. And when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. When he came to his senses. Because all we have to do is wake up. We have to look around us. We have to say, man, things are different. I look different. The way I'm living looks different. The way I'm loving God looks different. The way I'm reading my Bible looks different. Right? 
It looks different. Have you ever met somebody that when you first met them and they first became a believer, man, they just had that spark in them? They had a joy, like a constant joy, a smile on their face all the time, right? That first passionate, ignitable love that they had for Jesus. Well, sometimes you can look at someone who's been a believer for a long time, and they look different sometimes. We don't ever want to look like that, but what about that person that um, they... They just seem to think that looking miserable is a virtue, right? I'm just serving Jesus. It's hard. I'm just serving Jesus, right? No. We want to love Jesus. We want to smile. That first love, that passionate love, it's where we, that's what we wear. That's where we go. That's what we say. Everything that we do resonates his love, his love for us. We can, we can apply that to our relationship with God. Was there a time in your life that you loved being alone with the Lord? Was there a time that you loved waking up early, getting your cup of coffee, going to your chair, getting your favorite scripture out or your favorite growth book? That was your time with you and Jesus. Was there a time that you had that? Is there a time right now that oh, I just can't make that happen? It's just impossible right now. I can't do it. But do you miss it? Do you remember it? Was there a time when you were ready just to jump into worship, just like ready to just fall on your face before the Lord and just worship him? Was there a time that maybe you just were able to share your love for Christ a little bit easier? Where now it's like, oh, it's it's just too hard. We're going to make this face. It's just too hard right? No, we love, we're passionate, we're, we're compassionate people. How many times change doesn't take place. That change and that alter that, that, that the way that we alter that doesn't take place. Um, it does take place very gradually. You don't even notice it. It's not a single event. It's just one thing after another. And it's not misplacing our love for Jesus. Most of the time it's replacing our love for Jesus. Oh, I laid it down somewhere and I can't find it. No, we put something else in that place. When did we do that? We put somebody else in that place. We put something and replaced it with Jesus. When we face hard times, sometimes we think, oh, I can't do this anymore. We forget God's past faithfulness. We only see the, the alternate routes that we've taken and they're, they've been dangerous and hard. And you know what? Oh, it's just it's so hard. But if we look back on those difficult and dangerous situations, if we really look back and we see victory in them, and we see the challenge of the storm, and we see the constant companion that never left our side, that he's there with us walking all the time, we got to look back. We got to wake up. We got to come to our senses. It's the first thing that you got to do if you want to get back that first love. Wake up. Wake up. We need to come to our senses. Um, There was once a man who was a deeply devout follower of Jesus. But his theology started to head in the wrong direction. This did not prevent him from worldly success. And he became a prime minister. He was interviewed by a Christian television show host and asked about his life and how his former beliefs had changed over time and how that had impacted him. And the interviewer suddenly 
asked, but what about Jesus? And he stopped and he said, and he began to sob, I miss him. Somewhere along the way, he replaced his relationship, his heart, his passion for Jesus. He replaced it and said, I'm going this way. I'm going this direction. And when at the very end of his career, he said, I miss him. I miss Jesus. Come to your senses. Number two, turn around. You have to turn around. You want to get back your first love? You want to find that initial, that first passion, that heart, that desire that God placed in your heart? Turn around. Mark 1.15 says, <clears throat> the time has come. He said, the kingdom of God comes near. Repent and believe the good news. 2 Corinthians 7, uh, 7 9 says, yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so, so we're not harmed in any way by us. We want to turn around. We want to repent. We want to go a 180, right? Not a 360, because if we're going one way, we do a 360 and turn around all the way, we're going the same way. Blech. We want to do a 180. Turn around. Remember, remembering can often lead to repentance. Now, some people say, hey, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, because they got caught, right? We all have kids, <laughs> teenagers, that say that they're sorry. And we know that they said they're sorry, because Why? They got caught. You get this face. I'm sorry. Right? You call them out on something and they're surprised and they're like, I'm so sorry. Right? Yes. Now, repentance can lead, uh, remembering can lead to repentance. We want to be repentant. We want to turn around. You can be sorry about the past. You can mourn the past. But if you don't turn around, you're not doing anything good. Turn around. Repenting means to do an about face. Do an about face. You agree with God that you've gone in the wrong direction. We say, all right, Lord, I'm going to stop and I'm going to turn around. Now for me, and most, how many of you in this place get this? When you're going somewhere, you're going somewhere fast, right? There's fast mode and then there's faster mode, right? I mean, I have friends that, man, when they're going somewhere, they're on a mission, that's me too sometimes. I'm, I'm like going. So I can't just stop. Lots of times here at the office, the staff jokes about, hey, we need, we need mirrors on these corners because nobody sees anybody coming and we're coming around so fast. It's like, whoa. <laughs> hey. And you know what? I could take somebody out if I didn't stop. I mean, I could. Fast and going, and we could take somebody out. So they joke about it, but really, we need mirrors around those corners. So we have to stop. You can't be going somewhere so fast and then turn, because if you do that, if you're like me and you're clumsy, you're going to fall. How many of you are clumsy in this place? Yes, we are clumsy people sometimes. Now, it's okay to be clumsy. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fall. As long as when we get up, we're going in the opposite direction. As long as when we get up, we're going in the opposite direction. We need to turn around. We need to stop where we're going and turn around. Now, God has a destination for you. And sometimes we're going in a direction for so long. Just because we turn around doesn't mean we're automatically going to be back at that place. I get that. We all know that. we got to come all the way back to where we turned around at, right? We turned, we turned around way back there. But God wants to bring you back to your first love. 
God wants to do something in you, revive something in you. He's got a destination for you. So turn around. Your first love, just turn around. Number three is do what you did at first. Do what you did at first. What did you do in the beginning when you first had that initial fall in love with Jesus? What did you do? Revelation 2.7 says, Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. Do you have an ear? And do you want to hear? Lots of, all of us have ears, right? Not all of us want to hear. But God is speaking to you. And he says it four times in Revelation 4 to the different churches. He says it four times in the different letters. If you have an ear and you want to hear, listen to what the Spirit has to say. What did you do at first? Let's look at a marriage for a second. Okay, let's look at, let's look at our marriage. Marriage is in this place. What did they do at first? The groom opens the door for the bride, right? He maybe even carries her across the threshold. My dress was a little too tight. And if he bent me, because it was a straight one, it might have ripped. So we didn't carry across the threshold. Um, Just saying. Um, He tries in many ways. The groom tries in many ways to love, to show, to put love into action for his bride, right? In many ways, our bride prepares herself for her groom. She puts action into her love. Maybe she tries to cook for him. Funny story. Now, Chad and I married when I was 19. I did a lot of things to prepare for marriage, okay? I did. I lost weight. I let my hair grow out because I had really short hair. Um, I wanted to have that good wedding look with the veil and everything, you know. Um, I, I did a lot of things to prepare to be in ministry because Chad was in ministry and I wanted to be right beside him leading and loving people. And we were, we were youth pastors at the time and it was awesome and I loved it. And so I did a lot of prep to do that. One of the things that I did not do is I did not learn to cook. And I really just, he knew that. He knew I didn't cook. He knew my mom didn't really cook. You know, we had meals at home, but it was, you know, microwave or get what you can or whatever. So I didn't cook very much. His mom was a great cook, so why even try there, right? Well, a couple, couple months into the marriage, and Chad asked me, he goes, hey, are you, you going to cook for me ever? And I said, well, I don't. I don't know, you know. He goes, well, you're my wife. Maybe you should cook for me. And I said, well, maybe you shouldn't have married a teenager. (laughs) That was my excuse that whole year. And then I turned 20, and I still said, you still married me when I was a teenager. So (laughs) you do a lot of things to prepare, right? You, You do a lot of things for the people that you love. So for your spouse, what what happens over time? What happens to those relationships? Relationships change. Rudeness can be common in a relationship. It can be it can become common. Uh, the respect and desire to please and to love is replaced by complacency, and sometimes even grows to disgust and hatred. Sometimes, and then what happens? The heart is cold. 
And then any time that a door is opened, all you feel is coldness. All you feel is winter breeze. All you feel is, oh, I don't want to do anything about that. What do you do? What do you do in those instances? Hopefully, one or both spouses act. Hopefully, they do something different. You tell your husband how handsome he is. That he's head and shoulders above every man that you have ever met. He's your hero. Husbands, you tell your wives that they're beautiful and that no one compares. That you could never love anyone like you love her. You cook for her. (laughs) What do you do? What else do you do? You learn to listen and you learn to talk through everything and nothing. You learn to touch again. Those are the things that you do at first. So what do you do in a relationship with God? You learn to talk again. You learn to study. You learn to read. You learn to pray. Man, I hate reading the Bible. It's so hard. I can't do it. Oh, prayer is hard too. I just can't. Yeah, you can. Prayer is easy. All you have to do is sit down and talk. And if you don't feel comfortable talking out loud to a God that you can't see yet, that's okay. But he can hear your heart as well. You have to pray to him. And your prayer doesn't have to be eloquent and beautiful. All he wants to do is meet you right where you are. Jesus, what do I do? I don't know how to fix this. Help me. Lord, I don't understand your word when I read it. Help me to understand it. You know what's cool? In the Bible, it says, Matthew 7, 7, 8, says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. If you ask him, he'll say, okay, here you go. But you have to be consistent because you love him. And he loves you, and he's just waiting. Like he's never left. There's never been a cold part of his heart towards you, ever. He's just waiting for you to say, Lord, I'm ready to come back. I'm ready to do and love you like I loved you before. When that first initial heart love happened, when that first connection with God happened, or when God called you to do something big, something massive, when God called you to dream about something, and you said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that, and then we put it back here. Go after God. Love God. Staying close to God and being stirred by his Holy Spirit also helps us to stay away from the dangers of of what this world can bring. Making choices of what this world wants us to make. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, Let's consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We got a fellowship with our God we got a fellowship with each other. We have to stay connected. Again, I really don't think it's coincidence that the last day of the year is on a Sunday. I love that. I know that doesn't always happen, but I love that it happened this year. That God has something that he's been pulling you back to. Something that he wants you to hear. Something that he wants you to do. Something that he wants you to step out in. And you said at the beginning of this year, yes, Lord. Yes, I'll do it. But then the world happened, and then life happened, and then craziness happened, and then things just came piling on top of you because that's that's what happens in life, right? But today we make the choice. Lord, I'm coming back. 
my word, I pick it back up today. It may be different tomorrow because you gave me a different word for 2018. But today I pick this word back up. Today I pick this dream back up. Today I pick this heart for you back up. The passion that you gave me, I pick it back up. And I promise to go after you with all that's within me. Resolutions, make it today. Start today. God has something big in store for every single one of us. God wants to draw close to you. He's always calling you to himself. Don't wait. Return to your first love. Now, here's what's so beautiful. In 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19, I was reading this. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed. You were redeemed from the empty way of, of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or over blemish or defect. That is so cool to me because you know what? Jesus loves us so much that his precious blood he shed for us. His precious, beautiful, powerful love he shed for us. He loves you that much and he's calling you to him. You were saved from eternal death. Our, the cry of our heart should be this. In Psalms 119, 33-34, Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, and I might follow it to the end. Give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all of my heart. That we go after God with such passion. That we can understand, that we pray for understanding. Right there, even, they pray that I will have understanding. Necessary ends in 2017 can lead to real change in 2018. If you make that decision today, is there something I leave behind right now because it has replaced my love for Christ? Is there something that I put away right now that I don't take with me into 2018 because it has replaced my love for Christ? It can be a thing. It can be a person. God is calling you to him. What do we need to leave behind? You don't want to carry anything that distracted you. Nothing that distracted you forward. It stays here. Everybody please bow your head. Close your eyes. (coughs) Today, how many of you are in this place and Jesus is just crying out to you and he's never, you've never really, you've never made him the Lord of your life. You've never said, yes, God, I want you to be my one, you to be my center, you to be my first love. But your heart does cry out to him today. How many would say that I want my first love to be Jesus for the rest of my life? I want my first love to be Jesus for the rest of my life. And guess what? That even means your first love above your spouse. Man, if you want to have a powerful marriage, if you want to have a marriage that lasts, you'll put Jesus first. He will be the center. He will be your heart cry. He will be the one you run to first. <laughs>